Hi, and welcome to A Sober Girls Podcast. My name is Sherry, and I am your host. Every Wednesday, we get together and we talk about our journey in sobriety, what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. I've been sober for over 10 years now, and I realized that one of the biggest mistakes I ever made was just putting the plug in the jug and not drinking. I never took care of my emotional sobriety, did my step work, or was fully involved in the program until it was almost too late. This is my story, my experience, strength, and hope and what life is like for me on a daily basis as a recovering alcoholic and addict. I am so glad that you are with me and now let's get into it. What's up fam and happy Wednesday. I am 13 years sober. That's right. I did it. I really was unsure that I was going to be able to make it to 13 because 11 and a half to right up until this um, episode was a complete shit show. You know, you've been along for the ride. You've seen it. You've been there. But like my podcast being revamped, so is my attitude And so are the things in my life that needed to change, like my behavior and some character defects so that I could go into this new season of my life absolutely ready to make things happen and to be held accountable. And in my 13 years of sobriety, there's been a few things that have really, truly stuck out. And if you're struggling, if you're in your sobriety and you feel like, oh, my God, I just absolutely cannot do this. This is too much. I'm never going to make it this far. I promise you are. And you can, because if you take this one day at a time, like we're supposed to, and you work the program, you will be fine. So what we're going to do is we are going to talk about the things that worked for me in my sobriety and keeping me sober. And when I quit doing those things what happened, and why I'm glad I got back into doing them. So let's go ahead and get into it. As I record this episode, it is actually April the 23rd, which is the anniversary of my very first AA meeting. I sobered up on the 21st-ish. I do remember sitting down, looking at my laptop, trying to find local AA meetings because I figured if I was going to save my marriage at that point that I needed to go and get help because I potentially was an alcoholic and that was the only thing that I could think was the issue with my behavior and my cheating and my everything else that was happening. So I decided to go to AA because I really didn't know what else to do at this point, to be completely honest. I just thought if I go and do this and learn how to drink better, I'll be better. And it was within the first probably 20 minutes of that meeting that I realized that I might actually have an alcohol problem and that I may be an alcoholic. And I remember that it took me a little bit to kind of wrap my brain around the fact that I felt so alone and insecure, but in this room of people, I totally fit in. We were a room of weird, introverted people that all dealt with the same problem for the same exact reasons and it didn't matter what our trauma was our history was our upbringing was 
we all had the same exact problem and dealt with it the exact same way. And that to me just blew my mind because I'd spent my entire life trying to fit in with people. And if I would have just, I don't know, how many times can you say if I would have or I should have? And we always try and think that, you know, I should have, would have, could have. But everything happens in life for a reason, man. God has his own timing and that is for sure. So in these 13 years, here are a couple of things that I have learned when it comes to sobriety. Number one, honesty. We have got to be absolutely honest with ourselves because if we aren't, if we're not honest with ourselves, we are not going to be able to stay sober. There are so many times in our AA literature that talk about the capacity to be honest with ourselves. And I think throughout sobriety, not just in the beginning, throughout sobriety, we absolutely have to be honest with ourselves. We have to be able to say, this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm struggling with. And I need help to get through this. And the reason why I say through your sobriety and not just in the beginning is because you guys have heard in my past experiences and I'm sure in your own experiences where we think we've got it, you know, it's kind of like a two-year-old trying to put on their shoes and tie their shoes. And I, I got it. I got it. I'm a big kid, right? And here we are in our 30s and 40s and some older, some younger. And we are like that two-year-old saying that we have got it. And that could not be further from the truth. The truth, if we're being honest with ourselves, is that we are so stubborn and we have come so far in our life and relied on people for so long that for this small, what we think menial task is that we have got it. And so we take this tiny, small item and we say, nope, I don't need any help. I've got it. And the next thing you know, we have got an anthill that has turned into a mountain because we have said, I've got it to so many of those small things that the mountain has turned into Everest. And it's really hard to admit that you need help. It's really hard when you have spent your entire life trying to prove your worth, trying to prove who you are, trying to be somebody. And you have to ask for help. And it doesn't mean that we're weak. It doesn't mean that we're feeble. It doesn't mean that we can't do the job. What it means is that sometimes there are some things that we need help with, that we need a little bit of a nudge to grow. And there was an episode of West Wing where Josh Lyman was experiencing PTSD from um, a shooting incident in Roslyn, Virginia during a campaign stop. And he had been ordered to go see um, a trauma, trauma psychologist. <laughs> and when he asked Leo why he did it, he said, because of the man in the hole. And he asked him what that meant. And the man in the hole, Leo told him, the sky was stuck down in a hole. 
and there was people who kept walking by and they said, okay, we can't help you. We can't help you. We'll fall in. You know, we, we can't help you. And, you know, I'm summarizing because I don't know it that well, but essentially what happens is, is this guy shows up and he jumps in the hole with this other guy and he's like, what are you doing? I thought you said you could help me. And he said, I am going to help you. And he's like, well, with what? You just jumped down here. No rope, no nothing. He's like, because I've been here before. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. Somebody's been here before. And so it's okay to ask them for help. There are going to be people that are going to jump into our hole. They're okay. Let's just pretend I didn't say that. There are going to be people that are going to jump into our situation without even being asked or without seemingly looking like they have the tools because guess what? They've been there before. And that's what we have all gone through. We have all been there before. It doesn't matter in what capacity. It doesn't matter in which manner. We have all been there before. Have you guys ever seen the show Intervention? Um, I watch it sometimes and um, my husband's obsessed with it. And he says he just loves learning about addiction. I <laughs> I don't know why we're so interesting to him, but whatever, he enjoys it. So he really loves learning. And um, I look at some of these people and I'm like, good God, you know, you can kind of, it's like looking back at your life and kind of giggling and going, whoa, I was a mess, you know, and still being able to understand and empathize with those people because it is harder for some of us than it is others. But you can watch these shows and you can absolutely see where they needed help and they didn't want to ask for it and people just willingly will help without even being asked because they love us and they care about us and so being honest with yourself is beyond important it is not easy let me make sure that you understand that being honest is not always easy it is one of the hardest things that I think I've had to do in my entire life I hate being honest because number one, I hate being hurt. Number two, I hate the feelings of inadequacy. Number three, I hate um, hurting people. And so for me, it's been a very hard thing to be honest with myself, my spouse, my friends, those intimate relationships. Now, I can be brutally honest and damn near mean in a capacity where I don't know somebody and I can tell them exactly what I'm thinking and feeling. And um, so I do have the capacity to be honest. Um, I just choose to not exercise it at times, but it is definitely getting better. Having those people in your life too that um, make honesty comfortable, make honesty easy, and don't punish you for being honest is also really important because I was also in a marriage where it didn't matter what I did well or poorly. I was always, always wrong. And that can really get to a person. That can really bring someone down. And, you know, so being honest with the right people is going to build that rapport and that relationship. And so, you know, being honest is important, but I also understand why being honest in painful situations is not always easy. 
Um, you know, getting out of abusive situations is not easy. So, but honesty, it's definitely the first one that I definitely learned. Um, the second one, number two, um, work your program. I cannot explain how important it is to work your program. And I know that that was exceedingly difficult during the pandemic, but now because of that, we have Zoom meetings, we have social media, we have ways to reach out into the community that we never had before. And being accountable and going to those meetings and working your program, that is vital vital and I am telling you the minute I quit working my program I do know I am going to go down the path of least resistance because it's comfortable because it's easy and because I'm fucking exhausted okay and working your program it, there's so much to it right there is accountability there is service work there is reaching out your hand there's doing the next right thing there's all these things that it takes to stay sober and some days i just want to lay in bed and not do it if you need to take a mental health day whatever but don't not work your program during your mental health day make sure that you stay in contact with your sponsor which i'm horrible at but i'm finally better um Make sure that you are going to your meetings, reading your literature, staying within the community. And that doesn't mean you can't have friends outside the community. What I'm saying is make sure you do activities around your program. There's so many of them now. Districts have them. Regions have them. There's even national events now. And my anxiety won't let me go to a national one, but maybe. Um, I just, I, it's peopley. There's a lot of people, okay? And I know that we're all the same, but still peopley, Okay. And one of the parts of working your program helps you to be honest because it helps you to do the next right thing. It helps you implement all those things in the steps and the traditions. And I know not everybody that listens is going to 12-step meetings. That's fine. But you need to do whatever it takes, whatever program you follow to stay in your program stay ahead of the game do the things that help you stay sober and help you be a part of the community service work in your work is so important that is part of working your program that service work and doing the next right thing and making sure that you're going to your meetings there is nothing more important than making sure that you are a part of your community because loneliness and isolation, which are two totally different things, can creep up. And once those two get in there and the committee starts going, it's all over. Pretty soon it will be you don't need them, you don't need the program, it's okay to have a drink. And that could not be further from the truth. The only thing I can tell you that keeps me sober from time to time, especially when I fall off and don't work my program the way I should, is my stubbornness. By the grace of God, I am sober and nothing else because I am sober of God's grace and my stubbornness. If it weren't for my fear of inadequacy and believing that drinking would make me start all over again because I'm competitive, I can guarantee you 
I would have relapsed so many times by now because there are so many times that I do not work my program correctly. And white knuckling it is not the way to go. So working your program is absolutely vital to your sobriety. The third thing, and this one is just as important as the rest, and probably a lot would argue the most important, is getting yourself a sponsor. There is absolutely, positively no way that you can stay sober without a sponsor. And a lot of people are going to say, oh, it's just an accountability buddy. Sure, if that's what you want to call it, an accountability buddy, a sponsor, you need to have that person who has got years on you that can walk you through being sober. I am telling you, if you are brand new sober and you go to someone that has, I know they say at least three months of sobriety, no. You do not know. No three months of sobriety, possibly if they just finished those steps. But I am telling you, when you are looking for someone who has that accountability and sponsorship looking role, you are looking for the person who has years of sobriety, shares in every meeting, is a part of service work out in the community. And sure, that can be intimidating. I get it. It can be really intimidating to look at that person and go, oh, God, no, they just not. No, they do way too much because you know what? That's exactly how I thought about my sponsor. I thought, oh, nah, mm -mm, no, she does way too much. She is involved in way too much. She is way too sober for me, if that's even a thing. I guess it can be. And I just absolutely said to myself, no, no, nope, that's not what I want. And let me tell you, though, when it came time for what I needed, she was the one. She was the one who was there for me 110% all the time, never leaves my side. And when I was going through it probably a couple of weeks ago, I don't remember what I was going through, um, but I was pretty angry and pissed off. And I remember um, texting her and just blowing up because I, I was done. I had had it. And she was like, okay, I get it. And that was it. Like, and the conversation went from there. The conversation grew from there because she heard me, she validated me, and she understood me. And she can talk to me either to my Christian mindset or she can talk to my alcoholic mindset, both which are phenomenal because she is both. For me, that works. I'm not saying that there are, that's going to work for everybody because I do know that there are agnostics and I do know that they're atheists and by any means, you know, other religions. So you have to find somebody that works with you and your personality. Unfortunately, it's kind of like job hunting or dating. You kind of have to go through a couple of bad ones sometimes to find a really good one. And I think I'd been burned so many times before with my sponsorship issues that I just really thought that I could do it on my own. And there we go again, trying to do things on my own. So having her has been absolutely amazing. And I told her, she actually just texted me a couple minutes ago, and I told her that um, I picked up my 13-year chip. She was out of town at a conference, and um, she was like, wow, that's so amazing. I'm so happy for you. And she's like, you know, make sure you keep in touch because there's going to be so many new feelings that you have with anniversaries. And I was kind of sitting there looking at my phone like, oh my God, yeah, she's right. Because I found myself in the past couple of weeks romanticizing the idea of alcohol. You know, I wonder if now I can try. I wonder if now is the time. Or, 
you know, oh my gosh, how good would a beer be at a baseball game? I know you guys are probably tired of hearing me say that. But, you know, how many times have I romanticized this drink? And for her to actually say to me, hey, I know what this is like right now. You're into your teens, into this special time. You know, there's a lot of feelings that come with that. I was like, holy crap, she was right. And so when I'm done recording, I'm going to reach back out to her and be like, you know what? You are right. Because she mostly is. Um, and she's really honest with me. And when I'm honest with her, she's able to give me a really good perspective of things. There's been times where she's called me selfish. Um, in those terms, actually. There's been times where she's told me that I'm wrong. She is one of the only people, there's like maybe two people in my life that can call me wrong without offending me. Or selfish without offending me. And that's my sponsor, my friend, Melissa. And those two will... And they're not mean about it either, right? They're just blunt. They're just like, yeah, well, you're selfish. And so, you know, I, I really appreciate having those people in my life. In the past couple of weeks leading up into my 13th um, year anniversary, I was at the end of kind of this chunk of time of just crap. And they were the two that I reached out to. And I said, listen, I am miserable right now and I am angry. And here's what's going on because I knew they would tell me what I needed to hear. I don't reach out to people if I don't feel like they're going to be honest with me. If you're going to give me some fluffy, good feeling answer, I'm not going to reach out to you. And that for me is huge because I never imagined in a million years that I would reach out to the people who were honest with me <laughs> because I want my feelings to be validated. I want to feel good about myself. And so for me, I know that that is a moment of growth. I know that that's a season of growth and that I am ready for whatever God is putting in front of me. And when I tell you that I have asked him repeatedly to convict me, oh my God, he's been working overtime the past like 48, 72 hours, I am just like, okay, I know I asked for this, but um, I didn't think we were going to do it all at once, but here we are. So that is definitely, and all of this to say, number four, and I don't have any experience with this, so you're going to have to take my word for it, or maybe I will find somebody who can help me better explain it it's okay to screw up. It's okay. Mistakes happen. Things happen. It's okay. It is even okay to relapse. If that's what happens in your life, then that's what happens. I am certainly not going to say that it's okay to relapse, that I truly, you know, think that you need to relapse to be more appreciative. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is you're going to make mistakes. You're going to do things the hard way. You're going to screw up. And you might not relapse because of that behavior. You could lose a job, lose a boyfriend or a girlfriend, lose a friend. Um, there's so many different things that can happen when we make mistakes. You just have to be ready for the consequences. And that's where having a sponsor and working your program and being honest are going to help you. Because those times where you're not honest and you do make mistakes 
and you do screw up or you have the off chance and you relapse, you need to know, number one, we're going to be here for you, okay? We are not going anywhere. We are here for you and we love you. Number two, you can always get a white chip, okay? You can always pick up a white chip. If you need one today, tomorrow, and the day after, fine. Let's just keep trying to start over. And being able to be in a place where you're accepted and loved and comforted, that's what we are here for. It's okay. You are not your mistakes, okay? You are not your poor decisions. We are human, we are fallible, and we do stupid shit sometimes. But before you do stupid shit, okay, work your program. Go to a meeting. If you feel funky one day, go to a meeting. Be like, oh, I just feel off. I need to do A, B, C, and D. Nope, go to a meeting. Get up that morning and go to a meeting. I have gone to meetings for the past four months. And when I tell you, I am so exhausted. I am so tired because my body is literally eating itself and wasting away <laughs> that I still get up and go to meetings. It's not easy. And sometimes I really, really hate it, but I get there and I get exactly what I need. And so make sure that you get up and you go to a meeting. Reach out. Reach out to a contact in your phone from AA or your sober community, whatever it is. And just be honest with someone. I'm having a tough day. And if you have a tough day for five, six days in a row, great. If you have chronic depression, fine. We don't care. We love you. And we are here for you. You are not your addiction. You are not these things. You are you. And we love you. So... 13 years sober, I've learned a lot of things, I've done a lot of things, and I promise you, we do recover, it does get better, and I can't wait to share all the stories coming up with our friends and all their experience, strength, and hope, and being able to show you what they have been through as well, so I hope that you have a great week and an awesome weekend. And until next time, fam, be well. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of A Sober Girls Podcast. I hope that you heard something that resonated with you and that you can take with you for the next week until we meet again. You can find me on Instagram at A Sober Girls Pod. You can also follow me and friends at Sober City Movement on Instagram as well. If you live in the Richmond area, Follow me at Sober Enrichment, where we, we plan local sober meetups. Or if you're just traveling and looking for a friend in the area, there's one of us in almost every city across the continent. Struggling and need help? Just remember that you are not alone. You can reach out to me and any of my friends on Instagram. Send us a message. Or if you are in immediate need of help, Please search out your sponsor, the closest sober friend, or go online to aa.org to find a meeting that you can attend. There are also Zoom meetings, which you can find on aa.org as well. Have a safe week, and until next time, fam, be well.